0: The 2022 Formula One season begins this weekend, and preseason testing is in the books. Verstappen leads the charge as the Red Bull looks buttoned down. Mercedes introduced the Zero Pod, but something isn't quite adding up. And Drive to Survive season four has premiered on Netflix, spicing things up just a little bit before the lights go out on Sunday. Plenty to discuss in our preseason episode of Another Race Weekend, Canada's F1 show. And as always, I'm joined by team manager for Pro Racing Ontario, Daryl Timmers. I'm here today. Fresh off the airplane, into the studio. Straight from Florida. (laughs) Florida Winter (laughs) Tour is wrapping up. You had some drivers down there. How'd it go? How was the experience? Uh,
1: Very good, very good. Uh, We had a lot of progression throughout the season. And, uh, you know, from starting off the first round, which was, you know, a little bit tough for some of our drivers. But then by the end, they all had strong finishes. So uh, we're very happy and... uh, move on to the Ontario season. That's right. And with all that being said,
0: you still make time to study Formula One. Yes. This is incredible.
1: <laughs> I know. Sometimes I have stuff in my ear while I'm working on the cart just to kind of, you know, keep focused and keep me in my own zone. And I listen to F1 stuff or, you know, watch practice or whatever it may be. And and it, it keeps me going, you know.
0: We love that. Dedication to the platform. Now, speaking of F1 stuff, the official Ball Rain Test three days has wrapped up. Max Verstappen yeah. and that Red Bull look buttoned down Flyer. on the track. Yeah. <laughs> Flyer is the key word. Uh, are Red Bull poised to take the constructors? And is Max Verstappen poised to repeat as a champion as of right now?
1: As of right now, I would say they're going to be the strongest team at the start of the season. They they came out flying in that last test. They looked so comfortable. It didn't look like they were argu- like uh, complaining about the car as much as the other teams or making crazy changes like most of the other teams were. Uh Max definitely uh was comfortable in the car and he even kind of put a little dagger into everyone when he said that he wasn't even pushing hundred percent when he did that lap. Oh. Which kinda hurts. <laughs> 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 but it was it was honestly uh I think it's they're they're definitely the team to beat at this point. Now when you look
0: at Mercedes, they brought some upgrades this weekend. The Zero Pod. The Zero Pod. The Zero Pod was the talk of the paddock yes. early days. Yes. But uh it didn't really drive mm-hmm. home No any emphasis or any exclamation points by the end of the test no. and they're looking kind of uh, iffy yeah, at the moment
1: <laughs> yeah they are they are and even and lewis said you know that he, they, he doesn't think he can compete for wins yet but he also tells you your t- his tires are falling off when they're not falling off so uh you never know you, what you can believe that comes out of lewis's mouth uh, especially when it comes to the um the strategic aspect of you know trying to put stuff into people's head um, you never know if they are sandbagging a little bit more than other people. They've never been fast at preseason tests. They've always been that team that's kind of the question going into the season if they actually have a car or not. Um, you know, last season they they were a little bit a little bit behind on Red Bull, but they still ended up winning the first round. So it's kind of like okay, if they're back, if they're up, if they're on the the other foot instead of you know with the proper, uh, I guess a proper car going into the season. Um, you know, you never know if they're just saying that to, to kind of keep Red Bull and being like, okay, Red Bull, let's, let's leave our car. And, you know, our car is good. It's faster than the Mercedes. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I think at this point the, the Red Bull is definitely good. And I think the, you never really know with Toto and Lewis, if the Mercedes is actually, you know, as
0: bad as they say. (laughs) <laughs> that is true because they've been liars in yes. testing. Before. Straight up liars. Yeah. However, what I will say about this time around and this go around in 2022 with all the regulation changes, Red Bull, we know looks hundred percent dialed in at yes. the moment because yes. I haven't seen a porpoise out of that thing. I no. haven't seen an understeer, I haven't seen an oversteer. By the end, of course. Yes. Early in the test, they're dialing in. Yeah, they're dialing the different and that things. Kind of stuff. Or, but know. that last flyer that Max put down, that thing was on rails. And when I looked at both Lewis Hamilton and And George Russell all week long. Yep, they look twitchy. They look like they're still in the lowrider coming down (laughs) the main street. So, 2021, they were on the back foot to start the season. They were. They scrambling eggs over there right now. I feel like there's a little bit of urgency (laughs) to try and figure something out in the next five days, four days. I think so. I I don't know
1: if they're going to show up with the zero pod at the first round. You never know if they're going to go back to the 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 first test pod. you know, it didn't seem to be like, oh my gosh, we all have to do this. All the teams were kind of like, okay, let's see how this goes. And by the end, they're like, meh. Like, it's not really something that all the teams were like, yes, we have to do this. Um, but you never know. Like Again, you know, these drivers are so good at that level that they can, they can drive 10 laps and take a sec- like a different type of corner off every lap and never put the complete lap together. Mm. They know how to do these things where they'll just like, okay, and this on lap one, I'll screw up lap two. I mean, corner two. And then, uh, you know, the next lap, I won't push in corner four. And then the next lap, I won't push in corner six. Right. So then they can put the whole thing together theoretically and see what the car can do. And that's why it's so hard in testing because you never actually know how hard they're actually pushing.
0: Uh, I see what you're saying. The yeah. engineers will just take the data from each sector exactly. across the three ways. Exactly. Put together the best sector times to give you your theoretical lap. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And, and these guys are so good that they know when to lift how you know to break early or to give up a section so that they can get going for the next section again so it's it's you know there's a lot of games that happen in in pre testing and and mercedes is probably the biggest team that does that so you never know if if what they saw was something that they want to use or something
0: that they're you know throwing to the bin gamesmanship just yeah. <laughs> as much a part of the sport is driving exactly four wheels around the circuit uh moving on just a little bit both lewis hamilton and george russell had high praise For Ferrari, both the car and the driver. Um, Ferrari, they've been able to put together the most laps out of anybody. Reliability is definitely strong. Finally. (laughs) Are we at the point where we can confidently say Ferrari will be competing for the championship? I I honestly think this is the best year they've had since
1: the, you know, Vettel when he was battling Lewis for the championship and, you know, that little incident in Germany that drove off. But I think it's they definitely have a very strong car going into the season i think that you know they're they're an underdog for the championship for sure because you can't take it away from mercedes or red bull you can never take mercedes out of the ch- the hunt especially because of their their ability to build a car and tune it throughout the year and take mods and figure it out to make it work because last year they weren't the strongest car and by the mid-season they ended up with the strongest car so you know, when, uh, when Ferrari's going into this, because they're not that far behind the front two, they can do the same thing. They have the engineering to put a good, go, a good car together. I was going to say go-kart. <laughs> <laughs> too, many, too many go-kart talks for the last two weeks. Yeah, for real. Um, they can really put a car together. <laughs> they can really put a car together. So I, I honestly think that they're, they're definitely the, the number three team at this point, and I don't think uh, McLaren's too far behind them.
0: So now let's hypothetically paint this picture because we're going into round one yeah. for the 2022 season. Lewis says he's not happy with his car, says, as a matter of fact, he doesn't feel like they'll be able to compete for wins yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So do we say Red Bull, Ferrari, like back to back to back? Like,
1: <laughs> Let's wait for the race.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, I, the interesting part is, and this is the part that a lot of people maybe who are new to the sport uh, don't really realize is, you're getting into the sport at the present time. You're watching the testing. You're reading the articles online. You're maybe watching some content on YouTube. Here's a tip: you won't know how fast any of these cars are until qualifying yep, on Saturday, exactly. and that is the real, exactly. true test. And traditionally, Red Bull has had the faster qualifying car. Yes. They almost make that car just, just for qualifying
1: because yeah. they understand that you know the cars are from from the cars back in the '80s and '90s. The cars are are very very big. Like they're uh, consider like very big some of the cars <laughs> from like the 60s and 70s are half the size of these cars right. and that's why when we go to tracks like monaco and these tight circuits like baku and stuff they see that you know these really big cars are gonna it's gonna be easy to defend it's gonna be easy to to be that front car and keep the control of the race because it's very hard to pass with these these massive cars nowadays um they did go a little bit smaller this year last year was bigger but they did go a little bit smaller this year but you know with that being said All these teams realize that being up front and qualifying is way more important than having the fastest car in the race. Right, Majority of the time, the fastest car in the race doesn't win. It's majority of the time, the most consistent car and the car that takes the lead off the the beginning that control the race ends up winning. So Red Bull really focuses on that to make sure that they can control the race. Where, you know, Hamilton can control the race with a fast car or slow car or whatever. It's hard to, to kind of break him off of his, his game mm-hmm. if he's up front leading and controlling the race. So they just need they, they know that they need to get ahead of Red Bull ahead of Mercedes or ahead of the, the rest of the field so that they can control the race at their pace. And they do dial the car in. Like they, they focus on qualifying a lot, especially at the end of the season last year. They knew that they had to start in front of the Mercedes and cater to qualifying.
0: I think a perfect example of what you were talking about was the Saudi. grand prix where they had that tight night circuit street circuit very very corridor-esque exactly circuit and max literally gave every crash the car trying to put it on p1 because they realized they need to control the race because at that point in the season last year it looked like mercedes had the stronger race car yeah uh red bull had the stronger quality car but like you said you need to have that kind of track position in order to figure out how you're going to manage the race and another key component is having that two driver somewhere in the fold. Exactly. That way Max Verstappen can't get free pit stops in the final race of the season. And, <laughs> yeah, and in the
1: end, Perez gave Max that championship in the last round at the end of the season. If he didn't block like there was no tomorrow and hold back Lewis for those three or four laps, what would have happened, you know? Like, you never know. But I think <laughs> I think having that teammate is huge, and that was part of the reason that they got rid of Botas. So he just wasn't there to, to add the support to Lewis to get that extra, you know, that extra little bit uh, over the Red Bulls. And I think right now, you know, George is coming into Mercedes. He understands that, you know, there is no one number one driver at Mercedes as they say, but clearly they're gonna try to get Lewis as number eight. And they know that George is gonna be with them for a very long time. They're not gonna end up getting rid of George. Once Lewis retires, he's gonna be the guy and George knows that. He's not going to step on any toes coming into this season. If he's ahead of Lewis in the championship, yeah, they'll they'll push George all day long to get that championship. But once at the start of the season, if Lewis gets that first win or is ahead of George for after the first two or three races, George knows he's in a support role at that point. So George is just going to have to, you know, Hopefully, be that guy like Perez that he can mix it up in that that second half of the race when you know let's leave George out there to hold up Max so that right, Lewis can get up stop there. Right? Or whatever. So yeah, yeah. he, he understands. He's not a he's not a stupid kid. He understands exactly what's going on. He understands that he's coming in here to support Lewis. Hopefully for his eighth. I hope that he he gets a bunch of wins this year. I hope that he's battling for the championship. Like I'm not taking anything from him, but he understands that you know Lewis. This is pretty much Lewis's team at this point. He's the the new guy coming in. He's the kid that's going to have to support him for at least a year until you know he gets his his uh, I guess his his what's the word I'm looking for his shoes underneath him to be you know the big the big shoe of the team, and uh, and in the end when it comes down to it, if Lewis is not battling for championships, George is, has to be there to be the guy to take it over.
0: The thing that is interesting with Mercedes this year is, traditionally, we've looked at Bottas and Hamilton as a pairing for five years or so. Mm-hmm. And when they had a test like this test, something wasn't quite right with the car. Like, we saw it with the DAS system. Yeah. And we, you have another guy who has experience to help develop the car quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where I think Mercedes... Maybe feeling it just a little bit this yep. year. They only have really one guy who knows the car and knows the team, and that's Lewis Hamilton, yeah. arguably the best. Yeah. So in terms of both on-track performance and engineering, like he sticks around, he knows what's going on with the car, he's got a good relationship with Bono, they can kind of fix that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But I feel like there's a bit of pressure there and a bit of urgency, like I was saying earlier mm-hmm. in the conversation, simply because they're only really relying on Lewis's feedback yeah. to develop the car properly for the season because George doesn't really have a reference point. For that car, yeah. Um, but also, George is,
1: is a very talented guy, especially he's developed that Williams into what it was at the end of the season, you know, where it was finishing in the top ten, qualifying in the top ten, and at the beginning of the season, they were battling with Haas the majority of the time, you know? Right. Um, and he yes, he didn't have the experience to, to develop the Mercedes like Lewis does and understand what they're asking from the car and what they need from the car. Um, but I think he can definitely give his own feedback of what he feels in the car and what, you know, he thinks that he should, you know, get out of the vehicle or what his inputs are doing to the vehicle. Um, you know, when when Lewis is, is, is saying that the car is understeering, if George turns in and the car understeers, they all know, like, yeah, yeah. it is understeering. Right. Because right. when they develop the car, it's not like this is what I want out of the car. It's it's I'm putting these inputs into the vehicle, like turning the wheel at a certain point and it's understeering on me. It's not All like right. I want more front grip, it's more I need more front grip because of the inputs that I'm doing to the vehicle, it's not responding the way that it should. And that's the big part of a driver, you know, some of these drivers don't exactly know exactly how to develop a car just because, you know, they look at it as, "Oh, I would love to be able to, you know, chuck the car into this corner and hopefully it has grip." No, a good driver just puts their inputs in and gives the feedback and then the engineers go, okay, you know what? He is right. We are understeering. Let's give it a little bit more grip here Mm. to help with that, right? And I think that's where George comes in because he had a horrible car last year and he made it work. So I think that actually helped mature his development process and his testing process to to make Mercedes trust that if he says something,
0: it is going to work. It's almost like fast tracking his professional development exactly, in that exactly. way, exactly. Uh, exactly, which is interesting. Now yeah. you mentioned the car feedback and drivers not being able to adapt. Perfect example would be Carlos Sainz. He's been from team to team to team, and yeah. he was on it right away at Ferrari. He was yeah. on it at McLaren. He was on it on Red uh, yeah. at Renault, and then we look at a guy like Daniel Ricciardo who. Took time yeah. to get it. When he got it, he ultimately finished the season pretty strong. He had a win last year, but just looking at this Netflix show, you're really looking at the struggle yeah. of Daniel Ricciardo. And now with him being out with COVID, he didn't get any testing time in for Bahrain. Yeah. McLaren a little bit nervous going into the weekend. Yeah, I think so.
1: Just because of more of a performance from Daniel. Um, you know, Lando definitely uh, took the weight and put it uh, put the the laps in for the car. He uh, he did a lot of laps last weekend. Um, which definitely got the data they needed. Uh, I just think more, you know, Daniel's only done maybe two days of testing so far going into the season, which they would be probably a little bit worried about that just because they, he needs time in the car to adapt. And, and like every driver, the more time they get into a car, the more time they have to get comfortable and the faster they end up going because they're more comfortable and understand what the car can do and you know how to drive that vehicle. So with these new rule set, they were hoping that both drivers can get maximum amount of time in the car. And with him catching COVID, it's kind of, uh, you know, he's on the back foot again going into the season because he doesn't necessarily have the time in the car that someone like Lando has. And, you know, he he definitely needs the time in the car. Um, You know, I, I think he... The the good thing about this whole thing is that everyone's kind of on the same page with going into the season. It wasn't like they've brought the car from last year, redeveloped it, and drove it this year, which was like the situation last year with Lando. He pretty much drove that car for three years. So he's very comfortable in the car when you jump into it because it's, you know, small changes here and there. Yeah, Yeah, he's very familiar with it. But with Ricardo, you know, he had that season with them in that car, and now it's a totally, completely different car. So he, yes, he, he's had less time in the car, but it won't be as big of a jump to learn how to drive the car because really and truly no one's dri- raced these cars yet. Like it's it's a complete different uh, car from the season before. So we'll
0: So you're optimistic happens. for him?
1: I am optimistic. I am optimistic. I think last year his struggle was just one of those things where it was, you know, the McLaren is a little bit more of a handful to drive. And, uh, their design aspect was a, a lot different than anything he's ever driven before. So when he got into that vehicle, it was, it was kind of hard for him to adapt, you know, especially going from, uh, you know, when, when you're in a Red Bull to a Renault and now a McLaren. And, uh, it was just, it was just a, a bad combination of things where, you know, a kid's been in that car for three years that can drive. Yeah, It's kind of hard for him to, to be able to just jump into a car and, you know, when you're driving a Cadillac the entire time and then you <laughs> jump into a McLaren. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of different, right? So it's 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 a different way to look at it. But, yeah, I think he'll be all right.
0: Now, with Daniel Ricciardo being out, you have optimism because, hey, man, everybody's coming in with a clean slate yeah. this year. Yeah. Including Kevin Magnuson. Yes. This guy's back in Formula One and he topped the timesheet on day two. Yeah. Is the Haas car the real deal? I think,
1: I think they're not a backrunner anymore. I think they'll be in the pack. I really do. Uh, K-Meg is is a really talented driver. Um, you could see it when they had Haas, you know, when they had their good years at Haas and he was in the car, They he was battling for points consistently. And I think the Haas is definitely going to be that car that battles for points and, you know, squeaks into the top 10 here and there. And like, I don't think he's going to be podium on the podium or anything, but I think they're definitely going to be a car that, can take those points away from those top teams and uh, have some fun while they're doing it.
0: Yeah, the reason to ask because we have seen Kevin Magnuson coming out of nowhere, no reference point with the car, was able to put it on, put in the quickest time. We realized it's sandbagging yeah. and all that kind of stuff. However, Mick Schumacher comes around the following day and he wasn't close to Max Verstappen by any stretch. It was like six or seven yeah. tenths. But he's P two on the timesheet yeah. leaving the test. Yeah. So it, it got me wondering, you know, is this Hascar like sacrificing last year with no development or anything yeah. like that? Is it going to pay dividends for them? I'm optimistic. I feel like a lot of people are rooting for them because yeah. they are the underdog, and a lot of people like Gunter Steiner because yeah. of the Netflix Spirit uh, series. Speaking of which, yeah, season four, Drive to Survive yep. premiered. Initial thoughts? Um, I, I I like it. I like
1: how it's showing the, the struggle of the drivers, the mental aspect of things with motorsports now. It's usually, you know, the, everything with Drive to Survive is the drama aspect of things. And, <laughs> and there was no shortage of yeah, that. Yeah, there wasn't. <laughs> and, you know, I really liked how they, you know, I haven't seen all of it yet. I'm uh, I'm four episodes full in. Full disclosure. Yeah, full disclosure. Um, but a little bit of a spoiler, I guess. Um, but they, they really got into the the mental state of Ricardo at the beginning of the season, and and to show how such a positive and, and strong individual can struggle with with you know different aspects of this this uh, industry. It's it's really interesting to see you know someone like that
0: be so raw and emotional in front of a camera, right? Let me pause you right there, because Dan Ricardo, the, if you look at this Netflix series, they make you really think that Daniel Ricardo was going to lose his seat, which yeah. probably was not the case last no. year. I no. mean, everybody knows you jump from this car to this car. There's a learning curve. Yeah. Some people get it quicker. Some people get it later. But in the end, he was able to win a race yeah. and, and compete near the end of the season. You can see his spirits were brought back yeah. up. However, they paint the picture like that. Yeah. And he's watched the show, he's given reactions from the McLaren YouTube account, and now he's going into the season with no testing time. Yeah. Yeah. How does that play with his head? Because he he definitely is vulnerable to that. We've seen it in season one and yeah. we've seen it now. Like he is almost the poster child for mental health on the Netflix yeah. series.
1: Yeah. So is this going to rattle him a little bit? It's got to rattle him a little bit going into the first season, first race of the season, knowing that he doesn't have as much time as in the car as everyone else, and especially he's getting over COVID. Like it, it, we don't know how severe that case was. True. And, and from what I've read, it was pretty severe. Like he was, he was pretty much like Lewis, where he was bedridden for a couple of days and really? was not feeling the greatest. So. Uh, I think, yeah, he's got, one, the, the the physical aspect to get over that sickness, and then two, he's got to get over the mental side of things, of knowing that he doesn't have as much time in the car as everyone else. Um, you know, and, and when you see Lando putting in a lot of laps, they put over 100 laps in in, the, in the test which was really good and it's a lot for a car for you know for testing season right. um but i think yeah it's gotta it's gotta rattle him a little bit going into it but uh, hopefully last year it made him mentally stronger and he knows how to handle it and he goes from there
0: I'm gonna round out this conversation quickly overwhelmed underwhelmed and surprised strictly off the Bahrain test what do you got i honestly surprised it's gotta be the
1: Haas car like it's <laughs> that's, that surprised the heck out of me <laughs> and <true>. K-Mag like <laughs> He signed the he signed his deal on what Wednesday and jumped in the car on Friday and What do
0: you think about that deal? Yeah. Why why did, I was gonna ask you earlier, but why did they go for Kevin Magnussen again, rather than Oscar Piastri or Fittipaldi? I think one
1: Fittipaldi, yeah, he's been with the team for a little bit, but he doesn't have the the test and aspect of things of developing a car. Two, I think Piastri doesn't have any experience whatsoever testing the car or developing a car. So when you're into the first season of a brand new car, you need someone with experience.
0: Not to mention they did it last year. They yeah, didn't really exactly. work out with two rookies, right?
1: Exactly, And but they knew last year going into it, they're like, this is a toss away season. So let's just put the money in the seat and who cares about where we finish? Cause they, they really didn't care about last season. This season is, is the make or break season, I think, for Haas. Um, so I think they had to do something to get experience in the car. I personally would have loved to see PS3 in that car just because of he, just because he deserves it. Like that's, that's the, the end result of that, that he deserves to be in that car. And because he wasn't experienced enough and didn't, I think if he had a year under his belt, they would have threw him into that car and would have said, yeah, we'll take you because he's, he can develop the car and figure it out. But because of his lack of experience, I think that was really the only reason they didn't put him into the car um, because they are paying K Meg, So they can't say that it's, it's a, a money thing that they took money in, right? Um, because they are paying them, and, right? And it's more experience. Kevin Magnuson knows what he's doing to develop a car. He had that contract with Peugeot to develop their the LMP car, right? So, it's it is what it it's is at that point. It's an experience thing. an experience thing, and and we all, I honestly think, you know, PS3 will get into a car this year at some point. Um, he
0: will. He might even get into it this weekend. They're yeah. saying if Daniel Ricciardo can't go, yeah. Alpine will actually release, release Piastri him. to give him some seat time and, and potentially yeah. even race with McLaren this which weekend. Which is a so.
1: which is a big thing for for him, for one for Alpine because they can get he can get race experience without being thrown into the Renault and, and get some
0: intel from the yeah, competing exactly, car. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly
1: right. <laughs> and uh, and two, it, it gets some racecraft in that car, right? So if they ever have to throw him in there, if something happens to O'Connor or Alonso. They know that he has a Grand Prix under his belt. One, the nerves are gone now because yep. he's, you know, your very first Grand Prix. There's a lot of pressure on you. There's a lot of you don't know what to expect at that
0: point. Unless you're Verstappen. Yeah, exactly. You just go you just go, <laughs> you just go for it.
1: But uh yeah, if, if, if he it's a good idea for for Alpine to put him into the car just for experience alone. They they don't I don't see them caring about where he finishes or what i think it's more of an experience thing get get his nerves out of him so the first race if they have to throw him into the car is not with them it's with another team right
0: so Haas is the surprise. Who's yes.
1: underwhelming you this week? Underwhelming? It's got to be Mercedes. Like, I don't know what's going on. If it's... I hope they're sandbagging, and I hope they're not showing their cards. But if this is the real Mercedes... I don't believe it, man. Just because the porpoison looked too yeah, crazy, and, and, like, they... Through the corners, the car didn't look stable. Like, if you looked at the onboard of Max, like... That was like he looked like he was glued. Like there was just there was no twitch. It was like input turn input turn. Cars on rails. Like yeah. the car looked so good and the Merc has me nervous. Yeah, man. it does. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. And I'm just
0: this outsider looking in. Like you said. Yeah. You know, I think I believe I was watching the Friday test, the first day I testing And that car looked a handful. Yeah. Every input, the run, the rear or the front was stepping out. Mostly the rear. The car just looked twitchy. Didn't look balanced. And the big thing for me was the porpoising. Like are we at the race circuit of the pedazoo Yeah. Because. Going down the straight, it was like, and we're not talking like one or two. It was the whole straightaway. And it's like they had that since the last test. You thought they would have dialed that out. I realize they're introducing new components to the car, so you never know how that works or affects it. Yeah, They're arguably the best team in the business. My guess is they can turn it around in a week, but I'd still be a little bit on the back foot. And I agree with you. Underwhelming for sure. Yeah, Uh, Overwhelmed by. Overwhelmed, overwhelmed
1: i i'm personally that lap by max was just like i i watched that video several times like yeah. multiple multiple times because he looked like it was like a qualifier like he was going for it yeah and the fact that he wanted to just little give a little dig and say that he wasn't pushing just makes that lap even better because it was perfect like he was on it he, that car looked great he looked so comfortable in it science uh, uh science Perez looked comfortable in the car like, there, that's going to be a duo that will be very hard to beat this year. If this is how the season's going to play out, with that Red Bull acting like that and the rest of the cars acting like how they are, Red Bull's got this.
0: Oh, you what? heard it first. As yeah. we approach the first round of the 2022 Formula One Grand Prix season in Bahrain. Yes. Daryl Timmers, thank you so much. Uh, as always, just a reminder, you can catch the visuals on YouTube, but we're officially on every podcast platform that exists whether it be Apple Spotify iHeartRadio Stitcher you can find us just search another race weekend take us on the go and of course we look forward to bringing you the post race analysis of the Bahrain GP this well next week <laughs> next as a matter week. of fact yeah. dt thanks so much man no problem man